Welcome to the Jay and Pav podcast experience. Listening to the Che and Pav Show, Teachers Talking Teaching, where two middle school teachers share our reflections, insights about the topics that matter the most in the classroom. So, hey, Pav, join us in the hallway or even the parking lot, or better yet, how about the staff room? Welcome to episode 129 of the Chain Pav Show. Thank you for joining us as we sit around the table to talk teaching. The summer is over and we are headed back to school, which means Chain and Pav are back to creating their regularly scheduled content. Today, Che and I will think a little bit about our goals for this coming school year and some of the new things we'd like to try, perhaps even some things we'd like to discontinue. Before we get into this conversation, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Pav Wander. I make up half of this partnership. My other half is right here next to me. And if you know anything about Che and Pav, you know he's going to introduce himself. Because it's showtime. And I'm Che. Hi, Che. How are you? It is showtime. You are absolutely right. I can't believe these things still work, the buttons. <laughs> no when, was, when was episode 128? Like 2011? It was a while ago. It was at the beginning of the summer. We actually did take a summer off, which is like unheard of for, well, we took for a su- Che and Pav. We took a summer off of podcasting. Yeah, we took a summer off of podcasting. There was... I didn't just lay in bed reading books all day, although although I did a lot of that. <laughs> you read a lot of books I also. did. I did read a lot this summer, which was very nice. Uh, enjoyed the country. Uh, did a little traveling. Um, saw a lot of family. Uh, had a lot of fun. I mean, it was a great, it was a great summer overall. And we're uh, going back? Apparently. To work? That's what we do. Like in schools? And, that, and that's coming up soon? Well, we were there all week. <laughs> Should I have done any prep so, work? So <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> well, Pav, you know, as I uh, forget how to podcast, I'm so yeah. thankful that you have this brilliant black line master with all of the words explicitly written out. And I see this section here called banter. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to banter on this whole idea of the week before. Yeah, coming to school because Pav, I know you want to talk about what are some of our goals for the year, but I, I yeah. wanted to talk a lot this on this episode actually about how I prepped okay. for the year. Sure, more so like my goals are part of that preparation, but I said because you and I have had some really interesting dialogue about 
the preparation before the school year because of course yeah. this comes down into contractual obligations which always I'm always reminded of Practical Wisdom by Barry Schwartz that will always tell you the people that are really good at their job know when to bend the rules for the greater good. Mm -hmm. uh, doing the right reasons, doing the right things for the right reasons often doesn't always match perfectly with our job description or it is not identified in our job description. And yep. this notion of coming in early or getting coming in to be prepared, for me has always been critical. I actually enjoy, Pav, this is almost like a podcast episode now, it's not even a banter. You'd have to cut me off. Tell me that I haven't followed the rules. We, we can, you know, make this the episode. I can just change the title. I haven't actually published it yet. So, I mean, if, if we want to talk about the prep, because you're right, a lot goes into it. Um, and I know that some of the things that you've already said, I want to touch upon and, and I'm already thinking about how I'm going to be speaking when it's my turn to speak, which it's not right now. So I'm going to give the mic back to you. <laughs> <laughs> As you're talking, you're talking about how it's not your turn to speak. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we can, we can dive into this. So please take your time and, and say everything that you want to say. I'm here to listen. Well, now that my train of thought has been completely derailed. You're talking about the contractual <laughs> obligations, Barry Schwartz, practical wisdom, uh, setting up the classroom. I was just wanted to talk about, because yeah, coming and preparing all five days doesn't in it of itself mean that you're more prepared than, say, a teacher that's not in the building. We know that teachers prepare and get sort of fired up differently. So maybe that means you're not in the building. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not doing work. Doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you haven't been engaging in your own learning throughout the summer. I was just gonna comment that for me there's real peace of mind being physically there for five days. Now some days aren't as productive as, as most, although as I'll talk about later, I do plan what I want to accomplish in every single day. But when we were sort of getting joking about being ready for next year, for me, it has always been important to be there for the five days. Even if I wasn't necessarily super productive, there was, as I was telling, uh, I was talking with the uh, OA and during her lunch break, and we were just having a conversation. Office administrator. Yes. And I was, she was saying, do you need to be here Friday? I said, I don't need to be here Friday, but if something goes horribly wrong Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'll blame myself for not having come in Friday. The mm -hmm. previous Friday. So I said, I'm coming in tomorrow, although I actually don't need to come in just for peace of mind so that if something did go wrong in the first week, I can say, but I was here every day. I did everything I could to prepare and it still didn't work because it reminds me of, you know, I don't explain education through sports. I never do. <laughs> um, but I learned when I played sports is that winning doesn't owe you anything and you can train as much as you want. You can prepare as much as you want, but winning doesn't care who you are. <laughs> winning doesn't like you. Winning doesn't know you. Winning doesn't care. And so let's say, per se, uh, the teacher that doesn't prepare has a great first week mm -hmm. that even if I you know, yeah. came in fully prepared and I blew it, but at least I'd be able to say I was prepared. Might not have worked. Y you were prepared for yourself. Mm. That, that this is what you are doing. You're preparing for yourself. You're not necessarily preparing for the students. Yes, you end up doing that. You end up getting things ready for the students in this. But I think that if... If you need five days before school starts to get yourself into the mindset of school and sort of transition from summer mode to back to school mode, then then you owe it to yourself 
to do that. And, and I think that this is where um, it's not necessarily about practical wisdom. I think it's more about what you yourself, your own awareness, what you need in order to get ready for the next year. There have been years where I have come in for two days before the start of a school year because I'm in the same room that I was in the year before. I'm teaching the same grade that I was teaching the year before. I pretty much know what I want to do. I want to go in and tidy up and set up the desks and put them into groups and make sure that the room is tidy and clean and I know where everything is. And then there are some years like this year where I went in every single day and I probably could have used every single day for five days and I probably could have even used another week to continue doing stuff if I, you know, like if I had another couple of days, I would have found things to do. So uh, it's more about peace of mind. Now I'm coming back to teach with you after being um, away for three years. Um, And so I'm moving into a new classroom. I had um, gotten rid of a lot of my stuff. And so I had to either purchase or find um, materials for the classroom. And I had a lot of setup to do. So I needed that time to get into that headspace. And also, you know, as like the summer is, is you're in a different mindset. You're in a different place, a uh, different headspace. So um, you needed that time. And, and I think that that is um, something, something that we do for ourselves. It's not something that's obli- oblig- obligatory. Um, but I think that for myself, and I know probably for you, it's something that you need to do in order to get yourself ready for that first day so that you feel like you've done enough to prepare. Uh, and I think that that's totally valid. And I wanted to mention that the first day that I went back to school, the first day this past Monday, mm-hmm. the only thing that I needed to do was look around the classroom. And it was hilarious because just a day or two before that, I saw a TikTok which just perfectly uh, described what teachers do on the first day. You just kind of look around. You look, you look at everything in your room, you look at all of the desks, you look at the placement, you look at whatever, whatever is there. You're there for like maybe two hours just to look around and to absorb everything that needs to happen in the next five days. So that for me was a big part of that day one and a big part of this week to sort of um, grasp coming back into the classroom because you and I have spent some time away from the classroom itself. Uh, And then for myself, I haven't been at the same school as you for three years and now I'm coming back to that. So um, moving back into a school that I haven't been in for some time uh, required a little little bit of mental and uh, physical preparation. Now that I've completely butchered the banter section. It's not butchered. It was great banter. That wasn't banter. Well, it wasn't banter. It was content. We're supposed to fight. Um, I'm supposed to say outrageous things. We can fight. The audience is supposed to be laughing or pausing the episode and saying there's too much champ have in this episode. You. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That was someone else's review. You said a couple of things before we started recording that I I could pick at. Oh, I thought you'd fight me for. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah? When I was making fun of how little you deadlift? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh boy. That's shots fired. We'll be right back after this break. And thank you for joining us again on the Che and Pav Show. You're listening to the Che and Pav Show. And in that uh, 
brief moment of the commercial to have shot me some nasty cut eye and reminded me mm -hmm. that I never come back from the gym with a story about someone commenting on my strength. But Pav has these stories every time she goes to the gym. <laughs> oh, so-and-so said this. Oh, so-and-so said that. Oh, so-and-so said this. So uh, as much as I mocked her deadlift, uh, Pav is a serious deadlifter. <laughs> So I retract that statement. Okay. I'm going to ask the producer to edit that out. Uh, Pav, our banter set us up. But, you know, this episode's about goals for us returning back into, I want to say our wheelhouse, teaching. Mm -hmm. Not that I dismissed the coaching experience and not that I would say I wouldn't do it again. Although if I were to go back into it, I would be much more calculated, clinical, uh, passionate about going into a job that I really think... Uh, best suits the skills that I have. Yeah. Not that the coach's job I had last year didn't, but of course that job no longer exists. Now I could go and do a little banter. Yeah. We take those 100 jobs, we dismantle them, we reassemble them for 30 jobs with a whole new job description, and then you wonder why the coach's profession has tough time legitimizing itself because yeah. everyone, once you've seen it from afar, you realize this coaching position is going to last for 16 seconds, mm -hmm. then I'm going to dismantle it for four seconds, and then I'm going to pr pretend that it's working. It's not going to work that way if you don't hold on to it, but there's my banter out of order. But, Pap, let's get to our goals for the year as we drive back into the classrooms, you back into Beaumont, and maybe talk a little bit about how we prepped in that week before to get ourselves set up for the year. Mm -hmm. All right. So I can I can begin um, when it comes to... Hold on. You're going to begin during my time to talk or is sure. this, your, this your time to talk? Well, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> now, now I'm scared. I, I don't run this show. No, no one for one second <laughs> thinks that I have any say in how this show lays out. All right. Well, then I'll begin. Uh, so, <laughs> of course. Assumed. Um, yes. And, and as I mentioned before, as you have mentioned, I'm back at uh, teaching with you again, um, reunited, and it feels so good. And uh, it is, it's really nice. I am teaching grade six this year, um, but I am something that's a little bit different for you and I both um, is the school has employed a team teaching approach. So um, I have a grade team partner and um, she and I will be splitting the content. So I will be teaching only math and science and then uh, physical education and uh, health and uh, visual arts for my own class. Um, but math and science for two classes. So um, that's a little bit different. It's a bit of a challenge. There are some pros and cons, I think, to my own experience of splitting up subjects in this way, um, and which I'll get into in a moment. But, um, but I'm excited about this because it gives me an opportunity to really uh, dedicate my learning and my growth to two particular subject areas and, and plan very dedicatingly to those two areas. And, and I know already that I have some ideas of what I would like to do with my own learning um, and for my teaching of math and science this year, primarily um, humanizing those two subjects a little bit more. I know that Che and I have talked a lot about humanizing math, humanizing science um, before, and a lot of our learning that we've had done, um, a lot of learning from Sunil Singh, which is where we first kind of came across this idea of the humanization of math. Um, and that's something that I'd really try like to do this year. This is this is an opportunity that I feel like I have that I wouldn't normally have if I was teaching 
every subject, every core subject uh, during the year, I have an opportunity to really zero in and focus on how I would like to humanize math. And, and I think that what we have learned and what I have learned and what I've been trying to practice a little bit more of is that comes from stories. And humanizing math through stories is sometimes some very challenging to do, but it's not impossible, especially if we approach it from a culturally relevant perspective. And so for myself, that is where I will be going this year is taking a look at um, STEM subjects, STEAM subjects, and taking a look at mathematics and what they look like in the rest of the world, what they look like historically, and how the students that I have sitting in front of me can connect with those subjects in a way that perhaps they haven't had the opportunity to do so before. Um, Of course, I'd love to integrate podcasting into that. I have never actually done math podcasting or science podcasting. I know that you've done some of that this past year, um, Che, but um, I haven't uh, delved into that very much. So that's very exciting for me. Um, and, and of course, getting students to really talk and think during math. So building thinking classrooms is some professional development that we've received this past year with Peter Liliadal. And so I'm very excited to um, implement that more so in the classroom space. Of course, as a coach, it's a little bit different the way that we were able to implement this learning last year. But this year, um, I have the ability to do that from start to finish. And, and I've, I've set up the classroom to be able to do that. And so I'm excited to do that. So that's a little snippet of, of some of my big goals for this year. And there are others which we can get into a little bit later. Those are some fantastic goals. Thank you for the shout out because Jim Guy, he sure did. Eh? Like yeah. I put in that math uh, podcast in, law science podcast in. People used to think I'm just Jim Guy. <laughs> You're not just Jim Guy. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've referenced that. Yeah, that's but it's, right. You know, it's my Michael Jordan moment. If I feel like <laughs> getting angry, I just remember the time I was identified by my administrator just as Jim Guy in this community. That's right. And all the PE listeners, well, they don't listen to our podcast because they listen to podcasts specific to PE, physical education. Uh, but one or two of them are. We'll be like, yeah, there's a few. They're getting fired up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, I'm going to comment on one of the things you talked about because this scheduling uh, model is new uh, for, uh, for the school we're at. Our school has fluctuated multiple ways. It's done a full rotary. And when COVID hit, it's gone to non-rotary. And then this year's this, uh, you call this sort of team teaching. I sort of thought of it as like a hybrid um, rotary. Mm-hmm. Uh, pairing up with one class, I think scheduling wise, it makes it easier than say, cause I've had years where I teach the same subject to five different classes. Yeah. Let but, me, let me just correct myself. Actually. I don't like the term team teaching for this. It's what I have heard being used in the school. This okay. is not my definition <laughs> of team teaching. Okay. Um, this I don't is, like team teaching no. either. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, I like team teaching. I don't like this being the description of team teaching, but this is what it's been referred to as. Um, uh, but yes, it, I would describe it as modified rotary as well. And so when you talked about that, at first I was sort of like, uh, I'm not sure. Now, at some of the schools I was coaching at, they had this particular model. And from the coach's perspective, that my take on whether it worked or didn't work is not the same thing that I'm thinking as a teacher. And I was thinking, 
I, I felt like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to miss that chance to totally connect with my class because I won't have them as much as I want to have them. I was like, I won't be able to deviate off course as much as I want because I, I'll have to be more confined to the time, the rotary, making sure you're getting things done. I'm like, oh, I'm going to feel a little bit of pressure to make sure I match. So maybe we have, I have a great morning and then not necessarily my students are drifting in the afternoon. Maybe I'm drifting. Maybe I'm a little slower. Maybe I don't have the same fire in the afternoon on a certain day, but I realize, ah, oh, I can't, I can't just sort of, debrief with the class and wind it down, change the pace, the pace and the flows almost has to match a little bit. And so those are some of my fears of that, of that schedule. Yeah. That's something that I would agree with as well. That was one of the cons I think that I had thought of, um, is that you don't have the freedom of time. Um, mm. and you don't have that, uh, same energy when you repeat a particular lesson and perhaps there are different interruptions that kind of hit and, and, and it throws off the scheduling a little bit. I'm not sure if repeating the lesson th slows me down a little bit. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I'll reference last year when I, when I was doing some coaching and working with some great teachers is that that was the model they had. And I actually found to teach it the second time was great. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like when I deadlift. <laughs> uh, the first deadlift's pretty good, but I'm banking on the second deadlift to be even better. And I actually found that I taught better the second time through. Right. Um, the energy might be different. Right. And so I was talking more of like that energy. I was just putting that on me as the teacher one day. There's sure. like a little bit more pressure to make sure you're doing the same things, matching a little bit. And or then also the dynamic of the class is different. Mm. No two classes are going to be the same either. So that that's something that ties into it as well. So I think that that's, um, that's a fair thing to say. Certainly last year, and you're absolutely right on the dynamic. I knew that when I taught it the first time through, you, you, no matter how well you plan everything, something doesn't work right. And the ability to do it twice is, oh, I always feel that the first class, they missed out on how I taught it the second time because they became yeah. the guinea pigs for how this lesson was going to go. Right. And then I made the modifications over lunch to be ready for the afternoon. And that brings me sort of similar idea, but... When I started the plan this year in that first week, I started to realize I'm not getting overwhelmed thinking I've got to produce A, A plus, B plus lessons for 18,000 different subjects. Mm -hmm. I realized that this type of schedule alleviates not my workload because I'm still working, but I'm maximizing the work I'm doing because it's all focused in the same strands, it's all focused in the same area. I know I'm duplicating it. And so... I'm paying a little bit more attention to the books I'm crafting. I'm paying a little bit more attention to my possible exit tickets. I'm already building my guided reading. All of a sudden, my focus is just laser focused. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is really going to help my students because it's really going to help me to be really purposeful and really deviate all my energy into a smaller amount of subjects. And one thing I always talked about before when I was a teacher, you know what? I, I, I wouldn't deliver eight great lessons a day. I couldn't. Right. I didn't have the energy for that. It's not possible. No. So no. why do you use a booklet? Well, I use a booklet because I have just used my A-plus material for three and a half hours. Yeah, that's and, right. And I, I think I've mentioned this podcast once where I actually had students ask for just a booklet. Yeah. Mr. Cheney. Can we just have some downtime? Yeah. Can, can you, yeah. Just, you just have a booklet? Can we just work <laughs> at our desk with a booklet? Please, Mr. Cheney, looking. I know you got a booklet in there somewhere. Find yeah. us a booklet. And I delivered. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And and there's that's absolutely fair. And you're 100% right. When you're talking about teacher burnout and what teachers are able to do, teaching eight subjects is a lot and and to put in that kind of time to intentional time to create 
um, really great units and great lessons. It's, it's just not possible, especially, especially if you're moving schools, uh, if you're moving grades and subjects, uh, constantly, this is near impossible to do. I get it for teachers. Actually, I won't even say that I get it for teachers that teach the same content, the same grade year after year after year. I did that for almost 10 years. I taught the same grade and every single year I developed new material and new content. Very rarely did I reuse the exact same thing in the exact same way as the prior year. So it, it is a lot of work planning and prepping for school. You could be doing this 24 hours a day. It's, it's absolutely impossible. So hundred percent, I agree with you. Um, I am very excited about the amount of time that I get to plan for just two subjects. And, and I, you know, I'm not, not to say that I'm not thinking about the other two subjects that I'm planning for, uh, physical education and, uh, visual arts, but that I am hoping to be able to tie those two subjects into the math and science as much as possible. Uh, and so that is, that is where my headspace is. And I'm, I'm really excited to try some new things this year and really take this opportunity and make the most of it because, it may not happen again next year, it may not happen, you know, a couple of years down the road. So this is a real chance to build my own capacity in teaching math and science uh, this year. So that I'm very excited about. Is there anything else, Jay, that you want to work on? I have another thing that I'd like to bring up if you've got nothing else at this moment. <laughs> nah, what do I got to work on? You give me a trained professional. No, or any other goals or yeah. anything about this topic that we have been on um, that we missed mentioning. Well, when you speak, you never miss anything. I'm not talking about me. I was my, talking my, about you. Well, it's assumed I'm going to miss a lot. This is why you always speak first <laughs> and last. It covers all the gaps. Um when I, when, Pav, you were talking about your goals, and, and so my fears going into this year is that connection to classroom, uh, my homeroom, because there, it's a homeroom, but ultimately it's paired. So I have them for a few additional extra periods, like physical education, et cetera, and yeah. art, which I know are great subjects to build relationships are, as is every subject. Uh, I don't need a fancy handshake outside the door to build a relationship with a student. Mm-hmm. I can, have, I can have a fancy handshake if you want, but I'm also getting to the age where you can't expect me to remember a handshake for 30 different kids. Yeah, like, that's that's hard. When you're a young teacher, you better. You, you better. <laughs> you're young. I couldn't even do it then. You're 25. You don't look at me and say you forgot. But The I've best I had was three. It, it is socially acceptable for me now that I can't remember anything and no <laughs> one could say, but nah, <laughs> I'm at the age. You're at the age. Um, you earned it. That's 100%. I, what, what are we talking about again? Sorry, I forgot. Just Jamie. Um, I have some goals. Mm -hmm. um, because this language, as much as everyone thinks I'm just a gym guy, I actually don't have my gym credentials. I actually have my reading specialist credentials. Mm -hmm. You heard it right there, folks. Replay that episode. <laughs> I have my adolescent reading credentials, not my gym guy credentials. And, Pav, you talked about that. There's certain resources I still use from 20 years ago, like Kylene Beers for one, and but it's always adapting, evolving, changing. Now, there's certain great units. I think of my digital photography unit that I've connected to my Read Aloud. I still do that, and I came up with that probably 15 years ago. I would argue it was landmark 15 years ago. Like, schools didn't have an iPad, mm -hmm. and to create that, that took a lot of work back then. It's a little easier to do now, and I still engage in it, and it's still a great task, but it still is a equally great task 
right. 15 years later. But it's evolved over those 15 years, right? The content has evolved, so it's not always the same novel per se. Um, and also the, the, the technology has evolved, so you're able to integrate more into that. But then I also want to add that there are some things that you don't need to constantly revamp over and over again. If it's something that works, use it and do it. Yes, the digital photography. Maybe what's changed is the access. More students typically have more of their own smartphones. They have access right. to more of these apps. Uh, you can you know, work around with your Chromebook. So I think when I go back how I used to do it, I used to do it much more group-oriented. Now, students still work in groups now, but they're able to all produce their own photo just based on yeah. their accessibility to technology. I comment on that because that's, that's a staple that I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring back. But I want to start using graphic novels with more mm-hmm. purpose this year. You know what? I've always tried to, not have, I can't say I've always, I've learned to honor reading on many different levels, broaden the definition of re- what reading is. But I also realized that I've never bought graphic novels as much as I can honor it and tell kids they can read it. But I never bring it back into the space for a guided reading session on a graphic novel. I've never used it as a read aloud. And I said... I want to be really purposeful with graphic novels, not just a section in the learning common space or the library, Mm -hmm. but rather I want to have, if I have dedicated guided reading sets, if I have dedicated class novel sets, I want dedicated graphic novels. And so I did find some online, which are great, but I also want those physical copies. So I haven't totally mastered what I want to do with it yet, but I know that I want to bring in graphic novels with purpose. So that idea of honoring the graphic novel, it's not just honoring because I allow them, Mm-hmm. I'm honoring them because I'm doing something yeah. with them. And and I got to say that graphic novels, like there, there have been a lot more authors that have been creating fantastic graphic novels that can be used in the classroom. I'm thinking about Borders by uh, Thomas King. Um, incredible way to incorporate indigenous learning in the classroom mm. um, through the use of graphic novels. And then there's another one I think called Troublemaker by John Cho, which is um, taking a look at uh, Asian culture and Asian perspectives in the classroom. And this is ways that we can integrate graphic novels into learning that's already happening in the class. So uh, amazing idea. And I, and I love the idea of that it makes me miss teaching language arts. Like we could switch one day. Sure. Yeah, it was just like April Fool's Day or something. <laughs> You've been fooled. Mr. Cheney's going to try to teach you math. That's right. <laughs> Turn on the internet, kids. Let's go. <laughs> I can only teach math as long as the World Wide Web is in full function. <laughs> That's not true. You but, know it. Shh. <laughs> Don't tell the masses. Actually, I could go on another rant again that early on in my career, I so played up to my the gym guy routine that it became it became school knowledge that I wasn't very good at teaching math. I said, that's actually not not true. I just was never assigned math. And then it's funny how we, if you're not teaching something, all of a sudden that because your reputation can't teach math. But did I, you play into that a little bit so oh, that you wouldn't have 100%. to teach math? No way I want to teach math. <laughs> and we, oh, Mr. J doesn't teach very good history. You know, I got a history honors degree, but you just don't assign me history, so I just don't teach it. And then I further pretend that I don't know how so that you won't give it to me. Yeah, like George Washington was like a really good prime minister. Eh? Like I think he was the first. Maybe he was the second. <laughs> All right. Um, we video. Yeah. And so we video is a space where I would like to get students to use um, 
more quickly in the year to be greater content creators earlier in the year. Not that I'm skipping the, the idea of consumption, interaction, content creation, but I was thinking at the beginning of the year where I want to use my empathy map, but I also want students to make a 30-second commercial about who they are on Wee Video. Mm, love that idea. And I hadn't done that before. Often I build so gradually into the tech that sometimes I realize I get into some of these content creation spaces a little bit too late, and I mm. want to get into them a little bit earlier so i want to maximize because our board has full access to that 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 suite of uh software of software and so graphic novels want to use we video a little bit more and we already talked about it Pav. i just want to make sure i'm, I'm stories 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 mm -hmm. there's a there's a story to bring in every space about learning so even if it's about why should we use a period Rather than just, uh, when we're writing, UH, no, we, we can replace UH with a period. I want to have a story that goes with it, too. Oh, that would be a fun one to find. Yeah. Maybe uh, the dot. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I love that idea. I think that that's great um, to bring more stories. That, that, that is essentially what I want to be able to do in math and science. And I think that traditionally, we think that that's going to be a challenge because there aren't as many math or science stories. Um, and I'm not necessarily thinking about storybooks like you know, like there are books out there that I could read about math and science topics. Yes, there are um, a bunch of those out there and there are great authors that are constantly putting out more content that we can be using in class. But earlier today I was listening to a podcast and, um, and they used um, the one, the guest on the show used a term that I'm very familiar with, but <laughs> yes, go on. But I would I would venture to guess that many people in our um, in our school system, even teachers, even perhaps yourself, Che, don't know this word. C'est incroyable. It's not possible. This is that's important, Tom Cruise. That's impossible. That's <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you: Do you know what the word? Hold on, hold on. Are we going to edit this episode? We can. No, no, this, I need to know this before I go and answer okay, this question. Okay, yes, yes. Oh. I will edit if, Ooh, uh, if no. it goes south. <laughs> <laughs> that was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Do you know the meaning of the word lack? L-A-K-H. Yeah. What does it mean? You lack skill. You, <laughs> all you do is you lack. The ground ball comes you third and you ole it. Okay. That's an easy one. Don't need to edit this at all. I know lots of people that lack. That's L-A-C-K. <laughs> Edit that part out. <laughs> no, I'm keeping that. It was funny. Um, L-A-K-H. Do you know what that word means? It's not funny when I watch my third base and ole it. Can you just answer the question? I do you have know no what idea. Do, you don't, you, as a teacher, you already know that I didn't know, I, know. based on the bombastic way in which I answered it yes, wrong. Yes, because I have a relationship with you, I know, and I know that I can push you further. Uh, I wouldn't do that to, <laughs> to a student. But lack is in uh, in Indian currency or the Indian place value system is 100,000. Oh, I didn't say that? <laughs> that's what I, thought, I said. That's what I said. <laughs> okay, so... I didn't so know that. Please, go on. For me, for myself, and for a lot of South Asian children, this is like common knowledge. But it's very different from the place value system that you would be um, used to used to in Canada, right? So it goes thousand. Like, so yeah. the, the first block of three is a place value, like a, a block. Mm -hmm. And then the next set of three zeros would yep. be another one. Then that's million. But in, in India, 
the comma is in different places. And I grew up where that was just like, yeah, okay, we're talking like the comma is in these odd spaces. Yeah. I know we're looking at Indian currency. I know that we're not looking at Canadian currency. So I'm, I'm thinking a lot about, wow, that's something for me that was hearing that word, someone say 50 lakhs. For me, that makes perfect sense. That's 50, 100,000. But that makes no sense in Canadian math. So for me, that is a great connection that I could bring into the classroom and there might be some students that understand what I'm talking about and then there might be some that are thinking, oh, I never knew that other parts of the world had different place value systems in math. It's such a great way to honor mm -hmm. people's experience with math, their ethnicity Absolutely. with math, their culture with math, inviting them to bring that in. That sounds, as much as you bring that up, I could already visualize how you could bring this into, into class. And so I had that little bit of a, an aha moment this morning when I was listening because I just, that word just kind of went into the conversation and I didn't even think anything of it until I did think of it. And I did say to myself, oh, I wonder if you know, the students would be familiar with that word or other words so, in uh, Indian languages that represent the place value system. So 50 lakh would be 50,000? No, 50, 100,000. 50, 100,000. So that would be 5 million? Is that what the CBC is paying us to sign, sign us uh, for season five? <laughs> 50 lakhs, yes. Um, I would accept that. Hey, well, um, only one of us is a, has been on the CBC. No, is going uh, to be. We don't even know if, if it's going to happen yet. You can edit that part out. But <laughs> yeah, you missed it, folks, because this episode went live Monday and Pav was on CBC oh, yeah, live so. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can guess who was invited to CBC. Actually, you handed it to me and... Uh, they were looking for a veteran teacher. Yeah. And a novice teacher. And so... Obviously, they picked you as the seasoned veteran. <laughs> and then I said, I could, I could play the role mm -hmm. of new teacher. Mm -hmm. And the CBC lady, oh, I'm going to forget her name. Selma. Selma, yes. Jokingly said, you're a little bit too confident. <laughs> In the way you speak. <laughs> it was right on the nose. I was like, wow, you got that out of a three-minute conversation with us. That's fantastic. I left the chat then. Yeah. But um, back to the, the topic that we yeah. were discussing, um, math stories. And, and this is just a small example of the many ways that we can tie in culturally relevant stories uh, to math and science. Uh, I, you know, I've done a lesson in the past with the help of a colleague um, who, has, who taught me a lot about the, the history of algebra. And then I you know, went into my own learning about the history of algebra and the impact of, um, of Arabic countries, Arabic speaking countries on the, on the math that we use today. And so, uh, and then there's a great site, Mathagon, where it, it provides you a history of math on a timeline, an interactive timeline, which is fantastic to, uh, to take a look at. And I usually have students go and kind of explore this timeline and, and find something that they want to share with the class that they learned, um, about how math has impacted our progress as a society and what parts of the world that math was coming from. And many times, students are shocked that math wasn't invented by, um, I mean, the, the modern math that we do today and a lot of parts of the math that we do today were not uh, 
constructs of North America or of uh, England or, you know, all of the European countries that they have really utilized this learning from different parts of the world. And this is the kind of learning that I'd like to bring to students because I think it helps students to connect a little bit more um, to the math that they are learning and also feel a little bit more pride, perhaps, if there is um, some representation there that they can make connections with as well. And so even if that connection allows them a little bit more interest to dive more into the learning, I think that that is a checkmark of, um, of accomplishment. And so I think that that's something that I'd like to, to, to do a little bit more this year. You're turning math into something more than just Hocus pocus magic of here's mm -hmm. the formula and let's make a calculation. Pat. Oh, you and mean I think back to basics? More than the back to basics? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it's inviting for students. So maybe if someone doesn't perceive themselves as a math student, mm -hmm. that this is a, a way of breaking that down because of course we all talk about you know every we have to make sure that every student sees themselves as a math student but how do you actually do it yeah. like what are you doing to do it not just right. saying it in some staff meeting what are you actually doing in your class that makes everyone feel like they're a math student well yeah. the, your math story your math history is being displayed or shown or talked about or you're being invited to share those stories math classes that don't necessarily function with calculations are a great way to sort of break down the myths mm -hmm. of what a math class can be. That's which, right. And it's those myths that often turn students off or I can't make, I can't get the calculation. I can't get this magic to work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. It's not about lacking. It's not about lacking. Well played. Clever, eh? Yeah, very clever. I must've looked that up on Google. <laughs> um, Pav, we've really talked about our goals our sort of excitement for the school year or sort of dabbled a little bit about the schedule. Um, why don't we go to commercial? Mm-hmm. And we come back and maybe I'll talk a little about what was my preparation like. Okay. And sort of, it's like a reverse episode, but ultimately this episode is a reintroduction to Champaf. That's right. It's been a really long time. The last episode we had, I, I, I could only hit the ball 290 feet for oh 450. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Is this my time to speak? It is. Say, it yeah. is your time. <laughs> I'll your, edit that out. Your time to speak is just you. <laughs> my time to speak is you and I 50-50. <laughs> yes <laughs> I overstand <laughs> and we'll be right back on the Che and Pav show overstand I like that get your get your hands up and you're listening to the Che and Pav show and this episode is brought to you by Sticky notes, because when the World Wide Web collapses, all you need is a sticky note to teach the next lesson. And you're listening to The Chain Path Show. All right, folks, we're glad you're still here 42 minutes in. Mm -hmm. We guess we call this the third quarter, but really it's the third period because we're about to end this game Yep, on a walk-off. Can I tell you a little banter story about a walk-off that we were playing some softball team? And of course, the Chain Pav Show sponsors the select softball team. And in this particular moment, the, the, there was confusion in the score. And so 
Ooh. We were walking off the field, and the other coach lost his mind because we were walking off. How dare us walk off? I said, oh. Bro, the, ump, the ump told us to leave the field. Yeah. So then what happened? I blasted him. Oh. Yeah. You, said, you let him know what's what? Yeah, he went on and on and on, and he was all over the umpire, and I finally screamed, stop being so desperate to be a victim. Oh. Score is incorrect. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to walk back on the field. No one walked off the field. You haven't been disrespected, my friend. You haven't been. It's softball. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and your team's not even sponsored by the Champ Pab Show, so go That's back to right. your dugout. <laughs> when you got our emblem on your sleeve, then you can walk out. And, well, we, I wouldn't disrespect anyone even with our emblem on our sleeve, but you were nobody. <laughs> okay. Who's sponsoring your team? Not the Champ Pab Show. Not the Champ Pab Turn Pab around. Yeah. You, lucky, you lucky we coming back. You're fired up. That must be a new episode. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, Pap, I wanted to talk about when we came back, I wanted to talk about sort of what was my prep? Yeah. And I got into that rant before. I'm not, this is no, I'm going to misuse the term, but I think my misuse of the term, everyone understands, not gaslighting nobody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you can't stand when I misuse. You, you, you have sent me so many definitions just, and videos. You use it wrong. You use it wrong. <laughs> You're, you just want to say, I'm not shaming anybody. Just say shaming. I did. Gaslight. It's, no, that's not what it means. <laughs> I am going to expand and extend <laughs> and alter the vernacular of gas. In 10 years, everyone will know gaslighting as I identified it here today. Okay. Um, I I'm, hope everybody's keeping notes like when they listen to us with all of Jay's terminology. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dictionary that's what we that's need right. to publish next but you you know my aunt my antics so well that you, you often look at me and say you don't need to explain yourself i i know what yeah. you meant usually that's oh, a yeah, reference yeah. to spelling oh my gosh uh, that's usually your text <laughs> you don't worry don't correct a word i i got it figured out yeah, what yeah, you were trying i to got say. it Pav, my preparations i actually plan out my five days and like i told you at the beginning for me it's just it's peace of mind to make sure i was there physically five days just in the space you talked about the first day about being that day to, to come in and, and mm -hmm. look. Mine's all about furniture allocation. Right. How many students do I have? How many chairs do I have? How many desks do I have? How many clipboards do I have? How many white books do I have? How many notebooks do I have? How many pencils do I have? How many erasers do I have? It's all about the numbers. But of course, we all know the number you have on Monday. No one wants to tell you the number officially because it's going to change by seven yeah. by the following <laughs> Monday. And so it's always plus or minus five, plus or minus five. So that first day, it's all about furniture. Second day, it's all about tech. Mm -hmm. I got to track down every bit of tech that I need. I got to charge it, got to test it, got to link it, got to use every adapter. I got to be good to go. This becomes one of my little rants because at the end, now I was coaching last year, so the rant doesn't necessarily apply this year, but every year I always kept my tech, kept my tech. You can't keep your technology. You got to hand it in, got to hand. So my technology from my room this year was handed in. And guess what? You couldn't find it. Nobody knows where it is when it comes time to this week to find it. Uh, it could be. Uh, not it could be. You want to know what would have happened if I'd been here? It would be right there in cupboard A. Yep. Locked in. Charged. And so, you know, tongue in cheek, I go a little bit overboard. But I had to literally go through some rooms, go through some closets, go through some spaces. And I was given a list of five possible spaces where everything might be. And I found it. But it took an hour and a half to find what would have been there as it should have been there. Now... I get it. You want to have a central hub space. But if you're not allocating someone 
on the entry week to be in charge of that space yet again to distribute. Yeah, I know. I know if you're not teaching, you can comfortably start on Tuesday and Wednesday. But if you're teaching, I can't comfortably not have things on Tuesday morning. I need to comfortably have it a week before. So technology, took care of technology. Three resources. Mm -hmm. I want my books. I want my read aloud books. I want my guided reading books. I I want my history books. I want to have access to all the things I want to use. I want to have the stores I'm going to have. And now you can take my rant for technology, remove the word technology and insert resources and then repeat. Right. My room was all the resources were given back. And then it's like, where's this resource? Where's this resource? Where's this resource? That could be here. Could be here. Could be here. Not sure. We'll have to wait till so-and-so. So you don't know where it is? Let me go looking. Mm-hmm. I found it. Yeah. But I spent my day looking. But that's why I planned day three, four right. resources. I, and uh, my audience. The audience. My audience. <laughs> my grand audience. Take it in tongue-in-cheek. I'm just being you know, over the top for it boosts our ratings. <laughs> <laughs> does <laughs> it works keep that, going that last day is all about not the tech but it's the online i'm with the creation of the the google space the mm-hmm. google classroom now i've been dabbling with maybe i should get away from the google space to the bright space and the microsoft space because i think the, the rumors are flying that we are about to move away from those platforms so i mm-hmm. pondered getting into those platforms and then i yeah. said forget it and so building those spaces building those documents building those empathy maps those things that are going to be in that sort of Chromebook space. Yeah. And then my last day, I call it my float day. I just want to be there on Friday. Yeah. Just want to be there. Even if it's for like an hour, two hours, just be there just to, if there's anything left that I didn't do, do it. Wasn't real important, but I labeled all my lockers. So I did the 30. And then what I noticed (coughs) in my lockers is that all the students at the end of last year, now they would have been in my classes start year, but didn't finish. They all decided to sign each other's locker like it's a yearbook. Oh, wow. So it's kind of cute. But I got to deal with it. It's kind of cute. Like kinda cute. outside? No, inside. You open up oh, the door inside. and there's like nine signatures. Oh, blah, 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 so-and-so, oh, 2013. With blah, like blah, blah, Sharpies? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And it, funny, I had a few students in this week helping me. And I said, so tell me, how, how long were you all unsupervised? Did no one notice 15 of you writing in all your lockers for 25 minutes? Oh, my gosh. Ah, again, tongue in cheek. But yeah. it was kind of cute, so. I, I had to work on that. But that, that was my float day. That was your... And so those were your five days. Yeah. You are what people, my audience would call a type A teacher. Is that sort of like an alpha? No, not quite. Oh. You wish. But I'm, yeah, that's right. I'm yeah. not an alpha. Uh, not in this case. <laughs> um, you are a type A personality when it comes to this prep. I, my friend, is what you would call a type B person where you gave me everything that I needed <laughs> for the first week of school. I just went in to go and talk to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was there every day, but did I have a plan? Absolutely not. Am I ready for the first day of school? Likely no, <laughs> but, but I talked to everyone. I looked around the room. I, uh, I did arrange the desks, but, and I also have to say that I was very lucky. I have a, um, I, I asked, so the, I was asked if I would like to host a, uh, a teacher candidate this year. And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And, um, and so my teacher candidate, uh, is coming to me from, uh, U- university of Toronto and, um, 
part of the practicum is to help the host teacher set up their classroom. So I had a host teacher as well. So I had like a list of three things that I wanted to do this week and I got them done like on day one. I was just in the rest of the week to kind of unbox books and then I like cleaned out my house. I was like, what can I take to school? What can I take from my home to my school? I so that I don't have as much clutter at home. <laughs> I tell you what you brought. Your 2022 uh, Excellence Award. I did. I, I packed that up. I said, oh, <laughs> I, I, I better pull that. mine out of the garage and get it in here too. <laughs> and so um, what did I do uh, with the f- last five days? I don't even know what I did with the last five days. I know that I've got a plan for the first day of school. Your room is sparkling. Desks it, are it great. Is. But I have to say that the teacher that was in the room before me did it like left it immaculate for me, like cut out an entire day of cleaning. So... I cut out three years of cleaning. Yes. I, I, there was literally nothing. Nothing. N- Not even a speck of dust in the drawers. And everything that was left for you was labeled, this is for you. Yes. You can use this here. Yes. The ro- there, you have never gone into no, a room with never. a corporation and seen a room the way this room was left. No. Wow. Yeah, it was it was stunning. I was shocked at how clean it was and the supplies were all left for me like on the front table. So there was not really much for me to do. So I did go because I do like to get into the headspace. Um was not necessarily planning on being there for 5 days, but I, you know, I made good use of that time. But I am absolutely a fly by the seat of my pants kind of teacher. So I will go in and I will just create lessons like just like the day of and I'll be like okay what do I want to do today okay I'll just go I'll do this this and this and this not all the time but sometimes I will um, I do have a plan for the first two, three days of the school year. You don't year. podcast like this. No, I do not. <laughs> because I guess it's because of my comfort level in the classroom. I feel like I once I get into the flow, um, I have a good handle on things. I, I you know, have a, I b- generally build a good rapport with students. And I know that the first day back is going to be all about that. It's about introductions. It's about getting to know each other. And I know from past years that that takes more time than I think it's going to take in my head. So I know that I'm not going to rush through anything. And I have two, three activities planned for the first couple of periods. I have a couple of things planned for the afternoon and I'm good. Like I'm good to get started. I have no tech. Um, I'll figure all of that out. Uh, the students are one-to-one with their Chromebooks. And so they're going to be bringing their own Chromebooks in from home. So I am, you know, we'll deal with that as it comes. So there's, there's those types of things that I'm not as worried about. Math resources, whatever. I can figure that out um, when I need to figure that out. So there's, you know, like I am 100% type B. And um, I think that those that are listening are probably like, yeah, that's, that's pretty clear. Um, but I'm very grateful, Che, to all of the things that you passed over to me to use for the first week. You did a lot of that legwork for me, which is something that type B personalities do is they take from... I've never shared so many docs <laughs> or slide decks in all my life as I did those first three days. I was like, oh, Che, thank you. This is great. I can use this. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, 
as you're talking about that, and I'm sort of nodding my head in agreement, but, but this so changes as the year goes on. Yeah, it does. It's it's not the same. It's uh, I, I am not like making a joke about the way that I teach. And you're never asking me for stuff. No, I, I, I don't. Generally, I, I do come up with a lot of my things, but the first couple of days of school for me are usually pretty relaxed. Like I used to be a lot more nervous, but I think I'm, I'm much more comfortable in that space now. Pav, I hear the music. This has been a wonderful conversation. It has been, yeah. Welcome back to the Chain Pav Show. Thank you, and welcome back to you as well, and welcome back, everybody, to a new school year. We're really excited to get started, and we're really excited to document the journey and have you come along with us as we um, go through all of the ups and downs of teaching this there's, new year. There's no dithering around whether we're a coach or a teacher. We are back to our roots. We are back to where we belong in the classroom, the teacher grind, and that's not the teachers are on the top of any pyramid. But this is where we feel at home and we love this content to be a space to document and share and grow together collectively. Because this is the Chan Pav Show, teachers talking. Teaching. And you we'll got it. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.